Hi, I'm Nikki O'Brien and this is Quintessential Being. This podcast is a heart-driven passion project of mine. It's about sharing stories, journeys of self-discovery, giving you actionable tools, shifting perspectives. It's about bringing you anything and everything that will help you understand yourself, love who you are right now, and deepen the connection with those around you. So thanks for joining me and let's jump in. It seems like everyone is going through a Marie Kondo frenzy at the moment, clearing out all that does not spark joy in their lives. But what can we really learn from this theory of letting go of that which no longer serves us? Today, we chat to Kathy Walker, an interior decorator notorious for her big, bountiful heart, authentic approach, and penchant for bold colour about why creating space in your home for the things you really love can change your life. Kathy Walker, welcome and thanks so much for joining me on Quintessential Being. Thanks for having me, Nikki. I'm really excited to be here. I feel very blessed to have you on today. You are an amazing woman with such an incredible journey. Can you share some of that with us first up, Kath, your pivotal points of transformation? A pivotal point for me so going right back to the beginning of, um, of my decision to become an interior designer, I had had my second child, okay? Always been a bit of an A-type, and so I had a list of things I needed to do, and two children of them. So when Grace was three weeks old, I woke up in the night like, like a thunderbolt had hit, or a lightning bolt had hit me, and I remember thinking, oh, my God, like I've, had, I've got the second child, and when I go back to work in, you know, 12 months' time, I would be a teacher because that's what I was doing at the time. And I knew in my heart of hearts I didn't want to be a teacher Mm. forever. And so it started a real journey for me of, of, okay, what do I want? Who who am I? What do I want to do? And after the soul searching, I decided to do interior design. And it turned out that the taste that was offering that course wasn't that far from me. It was between my house and my parents' house so they could look after Grace. and babysitting what I studied and things. So it very much fell into place. And I remember I remember walking into the very first lecture for the very first subject and sitting there and knowing, knowing in my heart of hearts, oh, it's giving me shivers. And it's almost going to make me cry, knowing I was in the right place. You know, and, and that hasn't happened all that often to me, but it was just, it was absolute. So, yeah, so there I was. And I started... Um, I was studying while, she, while I was still on maternity leave with Grace and then I started back at work teaching part-time. I was working two days a week. I was studying two nights a week. But it all fell into place for me. Um, I was terribly organised. I used to cook all these meals and have them in the freezer so that there was food for the kids. And um, my then husband was really quite supportive and I had a father-in-law who was supportive. So... It still allowed me to study and, and to work, and I, I was pretty organised in those days. So I'd been studying for probably about mm, 18 months, and I picked up a book called The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron, and it was this book about you know unlocking your creativity and getting in the flow and things, and I started doing it, and it was... I, I, I recommend it to, to anyone who wants to tap into their creativity because it was a book about 
um, about allowing yourself time and doing this process called um, morning pages, which is three pages of longhand first thing in the morning, and it's like a meditation. It's quite it's quite an amazing process. Anyway, so I was doing this sort of artist's way course. It's a ten it's, it's ten weeks. It's all outlined in the book, and I was churning through it and feeling very, very um you know happy with that. And I I went to my local shopping centre where there was a Target store. And I saw that they were renovating it. And I looked, it was Saturday morning, you know, I was in Saturday morning grungy clothes, and I looked over and I saw that it was becoming a Target home store. Now, I'd recently, at that time, read that Target were doing these Target homes and that they were going to employ interior designers um, and they were going to have furniture and window treatments and things like that. And I remember looking at that shop and going, I want that job. I want to be, what are they, what they called decor consultants. I want the job there. And it just, and again, it was just one of those light bulb moments where it just hit me and I thought, oh, you know, and I, and I was still teaching and, and I remember thinking, oh, how, how, how could I make that work? Anyway, I made inquiries and after a long, you know, the process, I got the job. And they wanted people to be full-time and I said, no, I'm sorry, I can't do full-time, I've got a baby, and I'm studying, and so they allowed me to work two days a week. And it was quite, that was amazing because it got me out of teaching. And mm-hmm. anyone who's had, um, you know, a permanent government job where you know you have holidays and superannuation and all the all those things, lurks and perks that come with um, having that sort of employment, it was a huge thing for me to step out of that. I mean, and I think it just it just allowed me to yeah it just allowed me to do it and I have this is an event I have never forgotten and it actually made me cry. <laughs> I know you're giving yeah. me goosebumps, um, Kat. I remember yeah I know. Look, I I, I remember going to work to school and I, look I had a plum job. I was working in a great school. I was a science teacher in a junior primary school. I I had batteries and bulbs. All the kids loved me. I had a great budget. I had a science room. You know, it, it, it was a good, it was a good job. It was great, but I, I just knew that it's it's not where I wanted to be forever mm-hmm. and ever. Yeah. And I remember going around to each teacher because I used to teach every class in the school because, um, you know, I, that's what I did. I was a science teacher, and, and I went around to every classroom and said to the teachers, "Look, you know, this is what, what I'm doing, and I'm, um, you know, I'm 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 getting out because I I've got this job." And and other teachers cried for me, Aww. and they just said to me. I wish I'd done that. I wish I'd been brave enough. Oh wow! I know, and and I remember walking away thinking, I never want to be that person. Like, even though I was really stepping into the unknown, and you know, like my my pay was going down by oh my god, <laughs> like so much. I just knew I had to trust the process. So yeah, so that, I got out, and. And, look, and I, I, I'd gone out with a proviso because because I had a child that was under five, you know, working in the government, I didn't have to resign. I just took leave of absence. And um, so I sort of had this fallback, but I just knew that this was the next step that I had to take. So I became a daycare consultant at Target Home, which sounds terribly glamorous. It wasn't. It was a bit, <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was a bit of a nightmare job, actually. But... It got, it got me out of teaching and it, it got me on a different path. And um, I, yeah, I started working there. And and then um, a friend of mine, I, I had taught in the country 
And in the country was this great interior designer called Stephen, and he had a wonderful business. And we ran into each other one day, and he said, oh, would you, would you be my Adelaide-based decorator? He said, because, you know, I often, often my clients have houses in Adelaide, and it's really hard for me to get down here, and could you, could you sort of work for me? And I said, yes. <laughs> and so then, of course, he introduced me to the industry because it's a tricky industry. And so I, you know, as soon as I walked in anywhere and said, I'm working for Stephen Angel because he was so established. Oh, God, the world was at my feet. You know, everyone was willing to help me and, and, and I had, I've got a lot of contacts and, and things like that. So that sort of then started me on the next step because I then decided to resign from, from Target Home and to finish, because I was still studying at this stage as well, and finish my studies and really launch myself into having my own business and, and working for Stephen, you know, in one branch, but having my own business in another. And so that was how I started um, in my own interior design business. And I always remember, well, in the beginning I would say, oh, I'm an interior designer, but I used to be a teacher because I still had the fallback of mm. going back to teaching anytime I wanted to. Mm-hmm. I could have thrown the business in and rung up the education department and said, oh, you know, I want to, you know, go back to work and I would have had a job. But, and, and, I, and I remember thinking at the time, oh, you know, one day I'm going to have to resign from teaching and it's, that's really scary, you know, I'll have to make the decision. And I used to feel quite anxious about that. But again, one day... One day I woke up and I thought to myself, oh, I'm an interior designer now and I need to resign. I need to get the monkey off my shoulder. I don't need that anymore. And so I did. I filled in. I had to just fill in a form to resign and it was like filling in a Medicare form. I just sort of filled it in, signed it, sent it off and thought no more of it. And then later that week I um, was asked to decorate a hotel. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I remember thinking that I just needed to get that monkey off my shoulder yeah. and just step into step into this is who I am now. Owning you know, that power. I'm, I'm, yeah. So um yeah, so that's and so you know, so I've been an interior designer ever since. And that was oh gosh, that was early two thousands when all that happened. Yeah, when I, I started studying in nineteen ninety nine. Um yeah, and finished in two thousand and one. And again, you know, I had I've had a few other experiences when I was in the library at, at um at TAFE at study, I remember looking up and there was a poster and it said, you know, do you want to do you want to travel? Do you want to, you know, do something or else? And I thought, oh, yeah. And it was basically for a scholarship for um, you could apply for a, the, the campus I was, I was studying at. It was called Sir Douglas Ball Mawson. And um, it was for a Sir Douglas Mawson scholarship. And I remember thinking, oh, yeah. I'm going to apply for a scholarship, and so I did. And I'd done quite well in my study. I, I, you know, got ducks of a couple of subjects and things like that. And um, so I wanted to Douglas. I wrote a submission because I, I'd been a teacher. I could write a submission with my eyes closed. <laughs> and um, I wrote a submission to go to um, London's Design Week. Wow! And then to Paris, and I got it. And so yeah, so I so the Sir Douglas Morton Scholarship paid for me to attend, yeah, Design Week in London, and then I caught the train to Paris. And this is by myself. I caught what the train to experience. Paris. And I remember t- turning 35 in Paris and just sort of like missing my babies like crazy, but sort of going, I'm in Paris. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm alone. I'm not, no one's harassing me. <laughs> <laughs> or asking me and for snacks. Know, I'm an adult and I can be an adult and I can <laughs> do what I want. And, oh, my goodness, it was just so, such a liberating experience. So, wow. um, yeah, so, again, that was one of those moments where I just looked at it and thought, yeah, I, I, yeah, I, just, I just took the ball by the horns and uh, 
and got on with it really. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I so need to start doing that. I just need to remember that I can do that. Yeah. <laughs> we all need to remember that we can do that. And we need to trust ourselves and trust those, I don't know, those weird feelings that we get when we see something or know something and think, I'm going to do that. Yeah, I just yeah, want to so. unpack that a little bit with you because that's so – there's a lot of bravery there and especially that beautiful um, reinforcement when you went around to the teachers at your school and said, this is what I'm going to oh, do, and they all said – yeah. yeah, so can you – That was a really – it was really profound actually, yeah. Yeah, so can you lean in a little bit more to that feeling of knowing in your heart and but connecting that to the, like, action of – of like letting go and stepping forward and uh, walking the path that you felt was authentic for you. So leaning into that, I look. I, it's hard to explain because there's almost no words for it. It's mm. a feeling. It's a feeling mm. in your gut and in your chest and in your heart. And I think, I think for me at that time it was about trusting that mm-hmm. and letting go of the fear, mm. but it, you know, and I think that that's so important. We so let our – that I almost feel like that fear is in our brain, you know. It's that little parrot or not even a parrot. It's a goblin on our shoulder that, 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 that undermines what we know, mm-hmm. what we know to be true. And when I say no, I'm, 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 I'm touching my heart here, mm. you know. Um, yeah, and that was just about st- – and, you know, and having the courage – to step into the unknown, and I was very much doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, I remember those teachers saying to me, "I wish I'd had the courage to do that." And, I, and it's all about that. It's about having courage mm-hmm. and trusting yourself. Mm. You know, and sort of trying to sit with the the, the the thought of what's the worst that can happen. You know, what was the worst that could happen to me? Oh well, I'd just go back to teaching mm-hmm. if it didn't work. Mm. Um, you know, and I know that not all of us have got to fall back. But just, yeah, just trusting that voice inside and and just going with it, really. And what was it about interior design that really lit you up? Look, I've always loved, I've always loved colour. I've always loved, I mean, I remember, oh, I remember driving my parents bonkers, you know, painting my bedroom and painting furniture and, oh, way back, you know, making cushions and I think, God, I had a cushion that, that I'd made. Um, I must have been 10 or 11 on mum's old sewing machine, and I think it was still in the house when mum passed away, actually. It was oh. just this, you know, and finding fabrics that, you know, matched my decor and things. And I've always I've always loved creating homes and creating spaces and things like that. Um, but, yeah, I've always loved colour and fabrics and, I don't know, create, you know, making comfortable spaces and, yeah. and things. Yeah. yeah. You, you're known for creating authentic spaces. Why are you so passionate about that, that feeling of comfort that comes from creating a space that's both beautiful and sentimental? Look, I just think, I just think home is sanctuary. And I think that it's so important that people create spaces that they're happy with. Um, and I feel really strongly about that because I I just think it's very easy for people to get caught up in what they think they should have mm-hmm. or what their sister has or what their mother has or what their best friend says they should have. And and, and it never, you know, I feel really sad sometimes when I see people sort of go, oh, you know, 
I bought this and I don't really like it. Like you've bought it and, and you've spent money on it and, and and you don't like it. That 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 I that I feel sad about that. I think that people need to learn to trust again, trust that inner voice and just get what they damn well like. And and one of the one of the things that I dislike about all of the you know, the T V shows the renovating shows and things like that is that it's very, very fashion based, mm-hmm. and it's very um, you know, on current trend. and hip and on trend and things like that. But the thing is that the thing with with all of that is that that's outside influences telling us what we should have. Mm. Now, there's nothing wrong with some of those trends, and if you look at that and you think, "Oh my god, I love that," and it, and it touches you on the inside then that's fine. Then go with it, run with it. But if you look at it and think, oh, you know, everyone's got, you know, everyone's got subway tires and we better have subway tires, you know, but they, you know, but you perhaps you prefer something else or, but you don't trust yourself. That's, that's where I, that's where I think, that's where I feel very frustrated mm. for people. Um, and, I, and I really want them to, to have what they want and hang fashion because fashion is so transient. You know, everyone, you know, it's not, it's the marketers that are telling us what we should have. Okay, and they're constantly changing the goalposts mm-hmm. because otherwise they can't keep selling their product. Mm-hmm. So it creates so what they want is for everyone to feel a little bit dissatisfied. Okay, because oh oh that's last year oh oh I bought that lamp oh but now this lamp's the one in fashion, and you know it's sort of it's never finished it's never done if you follow if you follow the trends and and the you know the marketers and the fashion and things like that. And that frustrates me because you know what? It should be done. You should be able to create a home that you love, that you want to come home to, and then get on with your life and and have that sense of satisfaction. And uh, yeah. So, yeah, what's your advice? Sorry. So, what's your advice, Kath, to someone who isn't confident about creating, you know, beautiful space in their home, or feels like they don't know the first thing about decorating a home or anything like that? What's your bit of advice to give them some confidence to, you know, really get in touch with what they like and what they want in their space? Look, I I think whether they can put it together or not is a different matter you know, a different matter. But, you know, how sometimes we see things and we go, oh, I really like that. And it could be, you know, it could be a couch, it could be a pair of shoes. That that internal feeling is what you need to get in touch with. Mm-hmm. You know, go and stand in front of the paint chips at Bunnings and scan it. What do you see? You know, what catches your eye? Now, I'm not saying that, you know, you should then, you know, Get that, get that purple paint and paint your bedroom or anything, but but if but if you see a colour that you think, oh, I really like that, you know, what's a way you can bring that into your home? And and again, it doesn't have to be huge things. It could be a vase. Mm. It could be a cushion. It could be little tiny things. But it, it's a matter of it's it's tapping into that energy on the inside because if you seek things out that spark you and bring them into your home. It will always work. Mm. You know, you might need some help putting, you know, I don't know, somehow arranging things or pulling it together or something. But it, but the energy will be there, mm-hmm. and it's that's what you want. You want you want to walk into your house or into your room and go, oh, I love that. You know, just you know, it's that it's the spark, and it's a matter of getting in touch with that spark mm. and trusting yourself and thinking, oh, you know, oh, that's not in fashion. Yeah, you know, purple's not in fashion, so therefore. 
I can't have that. No, no, don't, don't go there. You know, yeah. it's about, yeah, it's about trust and listening to the inside, I think. And speaking about Sparks, uh, everyone's sort of going through the phase of Marie oh. Kondo and letting go of what doesn't spark joy in their life. Can you talk to us a little bit about? I know that's. Look, I'm feeling a bit gypped because that's always sort of been a bit of my, <laughs> a bit of my mantra. Um, I, I really like her her way of thinking, um, and I and I I tend to agree with it. I think. From a, from a throwing out perspective, I think it's not as easy as that, unfortunately, for some people, um, for so, others it is. But, but I do believe, you know, we, we, we clutter ourselves, our houses, our minds with just stuff that we don't, almost don't think about. We just get it. Yes. And, and then we are weighed down by that. Yeah. You know, um, by the sheer quantities and having to look after stuff and just, you know, having to dust it or put it away or just dealing with it. And, and I do believe that, yeah, we've, we've, you know, we've created a bit of a nightmare for ourselves. And that's about, you know, and we all get caught up in it. I I get caught up in it as well. It's like consumerism. Mm -hmm. It's, oh, you've got to have this and this is the latest thing and, um, and buying into that story that we're being told from the outside, um, instead of listening to our inside, mm. you know, and it's you know we we we're all guilty of that, and it's not finger pointing or anything. But um, I do I do get what she's saying, and I do I tend to agree with it. Mm-hmm. You know, not, I can't I can't keep my underpants folded like that though. Sadly, <laughs> it's not tidy enough. But I'd like to. I know but she's I, next level with the organisation. Like I just, I just don't feel like, like. I mean, yeah, adulting to the to the tenth degree. But yeah, I don't know that I could do that. It would probably last three yeah. days. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I and I also, I'm a huge believer, huge believer in um, function over form. Oh yeah. By that I, and by that I mean, just because it looks good doesn't mean it's going to serve you mm. and I and I just I just so so often see see clients caught up in buying things that look good but don't work for them and the gloss of it looking good very very quickly wears off in those situations I love that. I just want to say that again, a huge believer of function over form. I feel like that also applies to our life in, if you know that you're not someone, uh, like, like, like both of us (laughs) where you're not organized (laughs) and your life isn't, you know, conducive to that level of organization, then, you know, you really need to let that go and do what serves you, like what functions for you and your family in your space. Yeah, but people get very um, dazzled, we all do, by things that look good mm-hmm. and they don't think about how much, you know, okay, it's like, you know when we buy shoes for a wedding and they and the, because they match our dress? <laughs> yes, okay, that's the perfect fabulous. analogy. Okay, and you buy them and you think, oh, I'll wear them in before, before the wedding, right? I'll wear them vacuuming. And, yeah, that's right, exactly, exactly, and you never do, do no. you? you know. On the day of the wedding, you are pulling the tissue paper out. And you're like, Damn, I was gonna, try, I was gonna wear these in. No, mine get right. kicked off. I'm like barefoot bandit on the dance floor. <laughs> well, yeah, but then you're standing, you're standing at the wedding, and you and you're just 
and you're thinking, what the hell? <laughs> you know, you start you start fantasizing about your Crocs or your Birkenstocks or, <laughs> or, or just chucking them off. Like, it's so, you know, it doesn't serve us. And we've yeah, all done it. We've, yeah. gone, we've all done it. And, and that's fine if they're shoes. But when you buy a couch that looks stunning and feels like you're sitting on a park bench, <laughs> okay, and you sit on it and you go, oh, oh, it'll get more comfortable. This is in the shop, you know. Oh, 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 look how gorgeous this is. Oh, and it's usually on special. That's because no one else wants to buy it. But, you know, um, but, you know, and it does. It looks beautiful. But then, you know, you get it home and, you know, you've got a week off work and so you're going to binge, binge a Netflix series and you're sitting on a park bench. Like, it's, it doesn't serve you. No. I, don't, I so can't just, say I understand those people who would buy it for, you know, isn't the couch all about the comfort factor? Those, those aren't my well, people. I'm probably, I'm probably to some extent exaggerating, but, but I do yeah. see that. I do yeah. see that um, quite often, um, people getting dissuaded by the look of something. Totally. I, I went into a shop, to a very high-end shop recently and saw a chair. Well, it was more rich. No, it was sort of a very small couch um, and it was $12,000. And I sat on it and I just thought, and I started to giggle because I just thought, what the hell? Like, like it was like sitting in a really uncomfortable doctor's waiting chair. Oh. And I just thought, oh, why? Where is – what is the thought process behind this? Yeah. And, yeah, look, it was a really specky-looking piece. It was a very designed-looking piece. But really? Really? It was one of those – do you have the chair in your room where you throw all the clothes on? It was, it was that yeah. chair. <laughs> <laughs> and then you don't get to see the beautiful chair anyway that costs you twelve thousand dollars. Exactly, and then it disappears under the detritus <laughs> under of the, the pile of the week. Under, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So look, I I do encourage clients to. I mean, you know, I mean, yes, sure, you want it to look great, but spaces that only look great and don't work for you don't don't work. No, and they wouldn't last and give you that um, feeling of joy. No, that's right. Yeah. So, Kath, what's the most valuable thing that you've gained from letting go? Look, I still struggle with letting go. I mean, I, I, I have learned to let go, but it is, it's a constant um, effort. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, and there are times when I get caught up and I think, oh, and, and, and I get myself worked up and things, and then I think, oh, hang on a minute, I just need to stop resisting and just let go. Mm. Um, it always works. It'll always work out. I think mm. that's what I've – I think that's something I've, I've realised, that, no, you know, you can't control it all. And if you let go, then it just falls into place and, um, and it'll always be okay in the end. Mm. And I think that that's probably one of the, the big things for me mm. that I've learned. Um, over the years, yeah. And what's your process when you find yourself getting stuck in the past? I can work myself up into a complete lather and it almost takes that for me to then have to slap myself around and go, hang on a minute, what are you doing? You know, um, and I I must say I do recognise it more um, quickly these days, Mm. but I still on occasions do it. Um, Is there a process? I don't know. It almost... um, it sounds silly, but it almost takes for me to to work myself up and to get to that feeling that I loathe mm. to rem- to slap myself into reminding myself that I don't need to do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, does that make sense? Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. And what does spirituality mean to you? Spirituality. I think spirituality for me. Gosh, that's a whole different topic that I could waffle on for hours on. But I think it's about trusting. Yourself. 
I think it's about being able to stand sort of sovereign in your own space mm. and, um, yeah, and, and trust your gut feeling and trust who you are as a person. You know, know that you're okay and know that you're protected and, you know, you're a divine being and it doesn't actually matter. I think that's actually, it doesn't matter. You know, we think, oh, I've got to do the right thing and I've got to make this decision and that decision and, and then... But it really doesn't matter. If it doesn't work out, you can make another choice. Yeah, we get caught up on that right thing, don't we, making the right decision. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Instead of just going with the flow and knowing that all of this is a learning experience and um, at the end of the day, you know, we're here to grow and to learn and um, to have relationships and and, – And fail at relationships. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know – all that right, wrong stuff, the judgment stuff, doesn't matter. doesn't mm. matter. What a wonderful sentiment. I love that. Yeah. So can you tell us, have you found a book recently that's inspired you and reinforced the significance of letting go? Look, I have um, just finished listening to Oprah's podcast with Eckhart, Eckhart Tolle. I love them. I, oh, my goodness. Oh, And, I, you know, I've read, I read A New Earth probably about, I reckon, about 10 years ago, actually. And it always interests me. You read those sorts of books and then you grow and you read them again and you get so, you get something else out of yes. them. And then maybe you read them again and there's something else there for yes. you. I, I, I think that's quite a profound book, actually, a yeah. really profound book, A New Earth. Um, and the, those, those podcasts going by chapter by chapter with Eckhart and Oprah were really, really valuable. Mm. Um, it sort of it, it felt like it popped into my life at a, at the absolute perfect time, really. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I yeah, love them. I'm a regular listener yeah. of those as well. I find them so, yeah. Um, yeah, just to walk hand in hand to help you through all the things that life brings. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's, you know, yeah, that's thrown at us, yeah. And is there anything else you would like to add before I let you go? No, look, I just I, I think that there's a lot of merit in loving what you do, and I know that that's a bit of a catchphrase at the moment. Oh, you know, got to love what you do, and blah, blah, blah. But, yeah, I, I, you know, and, and actually, you know, taking a leaf out of Eckhart's book about just finding joy in the moment. Actually, this just this week, okay, just this week, my week has not gone according to plan on, mm-hmm. on lots of levels. And I found myself getting really cross about it and, and feeling really, yeah, really annoyed and, and, and cross. And I and and then I suddenly thought, hang on a minute, you know, just stop and step back. This is what's happening now. Mm. So just stop fighting it mm. and enjoy it. And all of a sudden, I don't know, it just felt so different. And and, and it was okay. It really was. It was fundamentally okay. And that, that annoyance just suddenly disappeared. It was just such a nicer way of being. And, mm. you know, yeah, yeah, it just, it was good. And it was okay. And it was just meant to be. Yeah. And it didn't matter. It feels like there's freedom in, in that moment, isn't it? When you just sort of surrender to the present moment. There's so much freedom in that instead of stress and anxiety about what has or hasn't happened. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, look, I recommend, I do highly, highly recommend A New Earth yes. to anyone um, who wants to just, ha- you know, 
have their eyes open to the book. Yeah, it's a, it's a great book. And what a gorgeous note to end on. Thank you so much for chatting with me today, Kath. Pleasure. Thanks so much, Nikki. It's been lovely. To find out more on Kathy Walker and her incredible life adventures, go to accordingtokath.com and you can engage her services for helping you create authentic, unique spaces that you will love at cloudberryinteriors.com.au. Thank you from my heart to yours for listening today. And I ask if this resonated with you, please leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. You can find all of the information and show notes today at quintessentialbeing.com. Until next time, big love and take care of you. (laughs) 